Turn with me to Judges chapter 6 and verse 25. Judges 6:25. Charles Finney was one of the evangelists in the great one of the great awakenings in our country and one of the things that he would do is um, he would send he had a man that he would send ahead of him to pray. Uh, but then another thing that he would do is he would have people take a, a, a piece of paper and write down their sins that they had committed against God and to confess those sins and to repent of those sins uh, before God. And, and God greatly used the ministry of Charles Finney and, and many, many people came to faith in Christ through his ministry. But you know, I think you have an example in, in his ministry of something that is so critically important and that is in order for spiritual renewal to take place, you have to deal with the problem of sin. And so um, we need to deal with that in our own lives as believers. And of course, if you're a believer in Christ, your sin's been dealt with at the cross. But as, as far as where you're going to spend eternity and having eternal life, that is settled. But as far as walking in the fullness of God and in His joy and in the, the abundant life and walking in His power, um, if you're walking in sin, those two things can't go together. And so um, you've got to deal with the sin to be able to live that abundant, powerful life that God desires. If you don't know Christ, you need to deal with your sin by coming to Him and uh, confessing that sin to Him and uh, putting your trust in the fact that Jesus died for your sin and rose again and uh, that He, because of what He's done, uh, makes it possible for you to make a decision to turn from your sin your own way to follow Christ and receive the gift of salvation and trust in Jesus. And so um, Gideon is going to be used by God. And, and it's interesting, if you read in the beginning of the story of Gideon, you, you see that he says, well, where is God? If God is with us, where is he? Where's the past wonders that we've seen? Where are these great works of God that we've seen? Um, why isn't God working that way today? And and it's a complaint. And now God gets to the nitty-gritty of showing Gideon what the problem is. Why God hasn't been working the way he had worked in the past in, in their lives. And so uh, he deals with, get, with the, the sin in Gideon's family before he, before he uses Gideon to do the great work that he's called him to do. And so we need to deal with the sin in our life uh, so that... Uh, we can walk with God. And there's several specific ways we're going to talk about how to do that. But look with me at verse 25. On that very night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull and a second bull, seven years old, then tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on the top of this rock. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering on the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. When the men of the city got up in the morning, they found Baal's altar torn down, the Asherah pole beside it cut down, and the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? And after they made it a thorough investigation, they said, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. 
Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son. He must die, because he tore down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Would you plead Baal's cause for him? Would you save him? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead his own case, because someone tore down his altar. That day, Gideon's father called him Jerubbaal, saying, Let Baal plead his case with him because he tore down his altar. And so Gideon is dealing with the sin of idolatry in his father's household and in his household. And so uh, the time of message is the path to spiritual renewal. How do we have spiritual renewal in our lives? Well, first of all, you need to restore your offerings. Restore your offerings. He says, take your father's young bull and a second bull and then offer them on the new altar that you construct, right? So he was to tear down Baal's altar. He was to build a new altar and he was to sacrifice a second bull upon this altar as an offering to the Lord. Um, you know, we have different offerings and we just had a series on uh, financial giving and that is, is a part of the offerings that we give to God. But we also give to God our, our worship, um, bring the sacrifice of praise to God. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, we have uh, the offerings of the things that we do for God, the, the service that we do for God. Um, and whatever we do, we're to do as unto the Lord, as we spoke about this morning. Um, everything that we do, whether in word or in deed, we're to do it for Him. It's an offering of our lives. Uh, whenever people drift from God, one of the things that happens is they stop doing the things that they used to do for the Lord. Uh, maybe they drop out of service. I've seen this happen before. And then sometimes they drop out of attendance. They become sporadic in attendance. And then even drop out of church altogether. Uh, and so whereas they used to be serving Christ, now they're going their own way. And, and so um, part of coming back to a place where you can have spiritual renewal in your life is to begin once again to offer yourself in worship to God, to offer what you have in worship to God, and uh, to restore the offerings in your life. Um, D.L. Moody uh, would talk about that he had a grueling schedule, and he would, all that he did for God, and by the way, being a workaholic, isn't necessarily spiritual. <laughs> we are told to rest in Scripture, and we are given given the uh, the command to rest. And uh, but uh, there is a sense in which he said he said I just want to live my life. I want to burn out for Christ. I want to to give all that I have to serve Him. That needs to be the heart that we have. Not that we overdo and so that we're burnt out and we're not walking closely with God, but that we serve out of the strength that he provides in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and even more than that, that we draw close to him in relationship. Uh, one of the things that's so important uh, is to offer your time to God on a regular basis in, in your spiritual devotions with God and time in his word and prayer. And I know those things are basic, but... Um, Sometimes we, we need to be reminded of things we know. And uh, I know in my own personal life, I've seen, sometimes I would do what I call microwave devotions. Have you ever done microwave devotions where you just kind of 
uh, try to get it done quickly. Maybe you wake up late or uh, there's a crisis you have to deal with at home. And what I found is if I do that for several days, I start drifting spiritually. And so uh, set aside that time regularly. If you want to have spiritual renewal in your life, you need to offer your time uh, to God. So uh, restore your offerings. Secondly, replace your idols. Replace your idols. Look at the second part of verse 25. Then tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Now, this wasn't just his father's idol. This was Gideon's idol. I believe God tells Gideon to deal with this because he knows that Baal and Asherah have been an idol in Gideon's life. You say, well, well, Pastor, why are you talking to us? We don't bow down to statues. Well, that may be true. But all of us have idols in our lives from time to time and things that we begin to subtly put as more important in our life than God. Um, sometimes a, a very good thing can end up being a negative thing because it becomes our God. You, people have the God of money sometimes. People have the God of family sometimes. People have the God of sports sometimes. It can be anything or everything that you take and you put more important than your walk with God and your obedience to God in your life. It can even be Christian service. Uh, some people can make serving God an idol so much so that um, they spend all of their time and they neglect their quiet time. They neglect their time of relationship with God. Uh, I've, t- I've told you about when I was growing up, um, we had a church that every, they had something every day of the week except Friday, which was the pastor's day off. And we were encouraged and, and told that... Uh, or I don't know if we were told explicitly, but we, it was implied that if we were not at each and every one of those things, we were not walking in faithfulness to God. But you know what I found? As I was doing all this stuff, I began to wither inside spiritually. And I, I found that I was cold in my heart toward God. Why? Because I was so busy with things that I was doing for God that I was not spending time with God. And so um, we need to make sure that uh, things don't crop up in importance in our life and and edge out uh, our time with God. Uh, I heard one man, he said he he was convicted about how much TV he was watching. He's my youth pastor at my last church. And he said, I believe God wants me to do a fast from TV. And so I'm going to spend 40 days of, of no TV in my household. And, uh, and he, he just felt like God had impressed upon him that TV was too important in his life, and he needed to put God first. And he told me, he said, man, this has been such a blessing. He says, I have grown spiritually, uh, and, and all these things God is doing in my life. He was experiencing renewal because he was replacing his idol with a right commitment to the Lord. And so uh, idols are... Somebody once said that our hearts are idol factories. We, we tend to, to drift into idolatry very easily, and I believe that's true. So, so be aware of that, and if, if, you're, if you begin to drift spiritually, ask God to show you if there's anything in your life that you've put before Him so that you can place it on the altar, figuratively speaking, and, and deal with it. Uh, confess it to God. Ask God to, to uh, fill you with His Spirit and love you. 
You know, we can't really love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength without his help, can we? We need the supernatural power of God. I can't love God like he deserves to be loved. I need his power to do that. And so ask God to do that through you, and he will do that through you. Um, But uh, Gideon tore down the altar of Baal. This was a radical thing. That's why he did it at night. He was afraid. And uh, his, apparently his fears were very well founded because the next morning they wanted to kill him. Uh, that, that, you talk about getting serious about your walk with God. When you're doing something that you know could get you killed, uh, that's, that's a good thing. So uh, you're, it may not be a good thing as far as the, the circumstances that come later. Uh, but it is a good thing as far as your heart being committed to God. And, and ultimately God will reward us, won't he? You cannot give God. You're persecuted for righteousness sake. Great is your reward in heaven. But uh, Gideon made this tough decision. He tore down this altar. By the way, do you know that the word Gideon means hacker? <laughs> Not a computer hacker, but like hacking wood. And so I, I see him hacking away at that Asherah pole. And uh, I don't know why his parents named him hacker. Maybe he would, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway... It ended up being consistent with God's purpose for his life to, be, to try to bring back the people of Israel to a right worship of God. And so he tears down the Asherah pole. He, he cuts it down. So replace your all idols in your life. And that will, that will do a lot towards helping you to find spiritual renewal in your life. So how do we find it? Restore your offerings, replace your idols, and renew your worship. Verse 26, build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on the top of this rock. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the asteroid pole you cut down. Now, the burnt offering was meant to signify two different things. One one thing it was meant to signify was uh, the consuming. They would skin the animal and they would burn the entire animal on the altar. And it was a picture of the wrath of God coming upon the heart of Christ when he was on the cross. Uh, Jesus was a propitiation for our sins. And uh, what people didn't see uh, going on inside him was that he was satisfying the wrath of God. He was taking the full, vented, holy, just wrath of God uh, upon himself in that moment. Uh, It was such a great work that he did. And he said, it is finished. I'm so grateful for that. That's one meaning of the burnt offering. But the burnt offering also had a second meaning. And the second meaning of the burnt offering was that you offer up, it was a symbol of your heart attitude toward God, that you offer up all that you had. They actually would call it a whole burnt offering. You offer up everything that you have to God. There's no half-heartedness about it, but everything that I am is surrendered to you, God. Everything that I am uh, is, is full Uh, toward you and I want to worship you with all my heart all my soul all my mind all my strength everything that I have I want to be honoring you and blessing you and worshiping you and and so as that sacrifice was consumed and went up to God it was a picture of the wholehearted worship and obedience of God's people and so uh, in this act of offering this burnt offering, it was a picture of restoring the worship. Uh, Yahweh's altar had been torn down. Now uh, Baal's altar is torn down. Yahweh's altar is built. Do you remember what Abraham did? God told him, go into the foreign country, 
and, uh, and I will show you uh, the place where I'm going to send you. And so Abraham leaves, and he goes, and finally he, you know, he's not sure where he's going, but he's just walking out. He's going for a walk. And uh, God finally says, okay, this is the place. I'm going to give you this land. And, um, and, and the Bible says Abraham built an altar to the Lord. He worshiped. And, and then you find, again, he, he walks all through the land from, the, from uh, the top of Palestine all the way down through the Negev, and he sees all the land that God has given him. And then, he, again, he builds an altar of worship. And if you go through Abraham's life, you see he's always building altars. He's worshiping God uh, at the different junctures of his life. Um, one of the characteristics of someone who is uh, in a place for spiritual renewal to happen is they have a heart of worship toward God. It's a genuine heart of worship. And um, worship is something that we can't work up. You can't fake it. I mean, you can you can fake it in church. You you know you can you can get your uh, uh, pious look. We don't use that word much down here. I used to have when I was a youth director in Illinois. I had a guy that used to say, "Now, Roger, don't try to look pious." You know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but anyway, it, you know, you can you can put on an act. You can you can act holy and say the right things and do the right things and and everything. And maybe you can fool some people. But as far as God's concerned, God looks at the heart. And so God is concerned about where I am with my heart. And a lot of times I have to check myself because my mind's wandering. Have you ever been there? You're, you're thinking about uh, this or that, you know, maybe uh, something that you just talked about in Sunday school. Or, or maybe you're thinking about, uh, uh, you know, boy, I wish so-and-so was there. I was looking to see so-and-so. Or you say, hey, I'm glad so-and-so's here. And you're thinking about whatever. But your heart and your mind is not focused on God. Um, one of the keys to spiritual renewal is a genuine heart of worship for God. And uh, that is something that has to come, through the, again, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We can't do that in our own, uh, in our own flesh. Um, one of the things I'd encourage you to do, I, I think a heart of worship puts you in the place to be spiritually renewed. But I also believe it's a means of renewal. And uh, one of the things I've noticed in my own walk with God is the times where I am worshiping God. Uh, it can be in prayer, but more often it's in music uh, for me. When I'm worshiping God, there's just something sweet that happens in a time of worship. And I'll, I'll play my music uh, on my MP3 player or whatever, uh, whatever it is, and, um, and I'll just sing to the Lord. And I, sometimes I probably sing off key. I, sometimes I sing with headphones in, you know, and I'm walking around and trying to get exercise in while I'm doing it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but it's just, I want to express my heart to God. And what I've found is when I worship God and I sing from my heart to God, God's presence comes down. Now, I know he's there. I know theologically God's omnipresent. He's here and, and so forth. But there's something that happens where God's manifested presence comes down. And, um, and I'm changed. Uh, uh, Matt Redman tells a story about uh, his church. They were fighting about music. And so he did something that probably would get, get you fired in a lot of churches. But he, told, he announced to his congregation, we're going to have no instrumental music. 
for an indefinite period of time. Because we have forgotten what worship's about. It's about the heart. And we're fighting about the style. And, and we need to get back to the heart of what worship really is. And talk about how he did that. And, um, and then about how God began to do a work in the hearts of the people. And they, uh, and they began to worship once again in spirit and in truth. And um, he wrote a song called, I'm Com-, and it, it goes like this. I'm, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And uh, that is, I think that's God's heart. That, that we have a, a longing to honor him and lift him up and glorify his name. And uh, through the things that we do and the words that we say and, and the music that we sing, that uh, we bring glory to him. And so I think it's very appropriate that Gideon builds an altar. Because it is a picture of worship. And when people's hearts begin to turn back to God. Uh, worship happens. One of the, the marks of revival in the great awakenings of the past has been there's been a whole lot of music that's been written in times of revival. And a lot of times that music sticks around in the church till the next revival. <laughs> you know, and, and it, you know, God refreshes. Why? Because when, when you begin to be renewed by God and have a passion for Him, uh, you just want to worship Him more. And and so this, it's a natural outflow of spiritual renewal. It gets us in the place for spiritual renewal, but it also promotes spiritual renewal. So I'd encourage you, uh, you may not have a, have a good voice. You can, you can go shut yourself in a room somewhere. Uh, but just, just to, to sing to God. Maybe, maybe it's just one song. But you sing to God and you worship God as a part of your quiet time. Holly Miller um, has a uh, a teaching he just gave us the the cliff notes on it when that when I was uh, in a class that he taught uh, but he actually taught about having a quiet time and one of the two things he says at the beginning is to read a psalm and sing a psalm why because both of those things are worship and it gets you in the right frame of mind to pray and to hear from God and and all of, all the rest and so worship is so critically important. And when you come to the house of God, we have a choice of what we do in worship. And uh, I, I remember, I've told you this story, but I'm going I'm to tell you this story again. It's worth telling. Um, when I was in high school, we had a, uh, a music minister that we had some suspicions about, about his personal life, that, that he was uh, living in sin, no evidence of that. But I had very, I had I had those suspicions that I knew he'd been seen certain places, and and uh, but then also I just didn't like him as a person. You ever known somebody like you just didn't like him, and and so I, I can remember singing in the choir and just basically resenting him and thinking I don't even want to be up here. And one day I was having these these ungodly thoughts and uh, the Holy Spirit just touched my heart and he said Roger are you doing this for him or are you doing this for me and of course immediately I I had to confess Lord I'm sorry my heart's not right and I asked God Lord I'm having trouble worshiping would you worship through me and I didn't like the music that was chosen. I didn't like the person who was leading it. But guess what? God showed up 
in my life, and he empowered me to worship genuinely from my heart. Um, it's a choice what we do when we come to the house of God. It's a choice what we do. Uh, wh- when you're in your quiet time, it's a choice. You can choose uh, to continue on with your, with your attitude of, uh, I'm barely awake and I haven't had my coffee and I don't really want to be doing this. Or to say, okay, God, here's where I'm at. I'll be honest with where I'm at. Please fill me with your spirit and do this through me. And so, uh, worship, so important, so important. If you want to be renewed, if you want to see revival come in your personal life, listen, I pray for revival in our church. I pray for revival in our city and our nation and in the world. I want to see revival come. But guess what? I can't control what other people do, can do, what other people do, and neither can you. But I can control what I do. And I can make a choice personally to do the things to prepare myself for spiritual renewal in my life. And guess what? I can have revival even if nobody else has it. And the same is true for you. And so the path to spiritual renewal, how do you do it? Restore your offerings, replace your idols, and renew your worship. That goes a long way towards bringing spiritual renewal to your life. If you do these things, I believe God will bless you and reward you and honor you in your service for him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message on getting back to the path for renewal. And um, Father, help us to be renewed spiritually on a regular basis. Help us, Father, to put you first in our lives and help us, uh, Lord, to renew our offerings to you, our service, our giving, our our, uh, worship, uh, everything that you'd have us give. And help us to renew our worship. Help us worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, let us, let us not go through the motions of religion. But Father, help us to have a thriving, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. And Father, let, uh, let us enjoy the fullness of the abundant life. And the fullness of your presence.